Today is Monday, June 2nd, 2014, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, the countdown continues to June the 25th, 2014. That is the 33rd anniversary of the apparitions. Today, Our Lady gave a message through Mariana. This is the second of the month, the day designated as a day of prayer for nonbelievers. And a friend of Medjugorje for many, many years has spoken about these messages and written about these messages and the scope of what they have for the believers of Medjugorje, for the believers in God. And uh, for many years, he maintained that these messages were for uh, the believers in God, the not the atheists out there, but rather those who profess to have some belief in God or in the Medjugorje apparitions. And so, uh, Our Lady continues to speak to us in these days. And so, as we begin this broadcast, a friend of Medjugorje is going to share with us more insight into this message that Our Lady gave earlier today. So we begin this broadcast. We ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. It was on the 10th anniversary. I was sitting outside St. James Church on the side and we waited for that June 25th, 1991 message to come. And Our Lady said that there's those who do not want to understand the messages or accept them. It's incredible, after 10 years, she would come, and on the 10th anniversary, which we didn't know if she was going to quit appearing or not, every year from like 6th year, 7th year, 8th year, we all thought that. Everybody in the Medjugorje world was thinking this. And surely, if that was going to happen, we thought, well, the 10th anniversary would be such. But in that message, I remember sitting there, and a lady said about those who aren't accepting the message or haven't accepted it. And she says, but you, my children... See in sacred scriptures the verse for you and to understand why I'm coming. And when you look at Nineveh, you look what Jonah was called on a bond to do, you see this sacred scripture thing come to life and these parallels so much to the Bible of everything that he's doing that she is really echoing the Bible in our real time. Because Nineveh was a city that took three days to walk through. We're in the third decade in Medjugorje. Of course, we're coming up on the 33rd anniversary. You've heard it written and said for a long, long time, at least over a decade probably here, that Our Lady would be with us for every, every day on a daily basis for 40 years. And so in the three days of Jonah walking around Nineveh, 
calling for repentance and what God was going to do to correct everything. He was saying 40 days and Nineveh will be no more. So life as we know it's going to change. And this 10th anniversary message parallels the 40 days, the 40 years that a lady has to come upon the earth and change it. To call those who, like in Nineveh, put on sackcloth and ashes to save themselves and for those who won't. And so the parallels are incredible. Go look up that, tw- that, that 1991 message, June 21st or June, June 25th. See and understand what sacred scripture is for you in there if you want to understand why I'm coming. And here it is. We have our lady on the 25th says, so few still understand why I'm coming here. And so we have a message today from Mariana, somewhat of a complex message, a long message, a beautiful message, a powerful message, something that we can spend many days talking about. And in fact, the writing that wasn't released today on Mej.com, which we always release on the same day, will be released tomorrow, really only focuses on the first two sentences of the messages. As I began to write, that's what I saw I needed to address. Of course, there could easily be a, a book written about this. And there'll be many books in the future written about these messages because it's something we've not seen in the world and the way man lives. And when a lady tears down what is being built up and we come back again and approach this kind of time when the Antichrist will rule and reign and we'll see the battle of Armageddon, there'll be people that will have to know and be grounded in the messages more so than us. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's June 2nd, 2014 message given on the day for non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, I call you all and accept you as my children. I am praying that you may accept me and love me as a mother. I have united all of you in my heart. I have descended among you and I bless you. I know that you desire consolation and hope from me because I love you and intercede for you. I ask of you to unite with me in my son and to be my apostles. For you to be able to do so, I am calling you anew to love. There is no love without prayer. There is no prayer without forgiveness. Because love is prayer. Forgiveness is love. My children, God created you to love. And you love so as to forgive. Every prayer that comes out of love unites you with my Son and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit illuminates you and makes you my apostles. Apostles who will do everything they do in the name of the Lord. They will pray with their works and not just with words because they love my son and comprehend the way of truth, which leads to eternal life. Pray for your shepherds that they may always lead you with a pure heart on the way of truth and love, the way of my son. Thank you. Mariana said that Our Lady blessed all those present and their religious articles. Mariana also said that Our Lady was determined or decisive. 
And to begin with this, of course, there's a, a lot that we could cover in the message. I actually want to jump further down this message here and uh, to the sentence where our lady says, they will pray with their works, not just with their words, because the love of my son, because they love my son and comprehend the way of truth, which leads to eternal life. And it's just interesting, Our Lady's first words that she uttered here in the valley, she, when she appeared in your home, she gave the words of November the 20th, 1988, uh, about let your work be prayer. And I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that up until this point in time in the Medjugorje apparitions, Our Lady had not spoken about work and prayer in this, in this way. But it's interesting because of what Our Lady established here and what she had shown you, what she began here, what we what we refer to as a way of life. And Our Lady is directly in this sentence here, appears that she is tying works and the way of truth, um, which basically, for those of you out there, and I'm just kind of addressing the general people who are out there, those of you who, who read the writings of a friend of Medjugorje, you know that there's a lot of truth in them that you will not necessarily find in other in other places, sometimes they're polarizing, but um, but do you believe that there's some kind of a connection between praying with your works and establishing a way of truth in a way of life? Well, in Medjugorje, Our Lady actually up to that point of 1988, when Our Lady said what she said here, had really corrected them about the work. She says you 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 find the smallest places in your house to clean, and other times she says that you, your work in the field is done. And she's trying to get them away from work because Medjugorje was a harsh place. There was a lot of work. And of course, it took a place, it took precedent so much over their lives because it was arduous. I remember Maria's sister, Rushka's talking about when they had a drought and they had to go with the horse and wagon all the way to Chitluk, which is not but about a 10-minute drive from Medjugorje, but by wagon, it's very arduous, and it takes a long time to get there. They'd go get water, and all day long she'd go back and forth, back and forth, getting water from the, the Communist National Guard there. And they'd have to get that to the fields, and then they'd have to carry the water she collected there to the tobacco plants. And it was tough. There was a lot of work that went done there. And so work became not prayer for them, but something that was such a harshness, but they were conditioned to that kind of work. They were scrounging out everything they could to make a living. So when Our Lady came here, we were surprised when she said just the opposite of what she said in Medjugorje. She says, may your life be prayer. May your work be offered as a prayer. And I was amazed at that because we had good work ethics. My wife and I had built our business. We believed in hard work. But also what's been carved out of here, out of these mountains and this valley where we live, has been a lot of work. Uh, people know around here that our children work. People that don't even like us know that there's a work ethic here that doesn't exist in normal society today. Those who have not been in the community or were part of the community for a while went out, have employees telling them, if you've got any more like them, I want more. So it becomes extraordinary when you take your work and sanctify it for the purposes of those who you work with or how you work, that you're doing everything for God. So when our lady says, may your life be prayer, may your work be offered as a prayer, May everything that you do bring you towards me. You bring conversion. And we're called to sanctify that. So when a lady said today, they will, they will pray with their works and not just words because they love my son and comprehend the way of truth, which leads to eternal life. 
if anything, we don't have a working ethic in this country anymore. People think punching buttons is the goal to go to. We're going to learn it because in a grand way, life brings you back closer to God. It brings you down to your knees, and we're going to see that. But one interesting point, on the beginning apparitions, the first words breathed in this valley was, may your life be prayer that Our Lady did our last apparition here with the same words. Her last words to us in 1989, three months later, January 26, was, I desire that your lives become prayer. So as she began, she ended with the same words. And that, of course, matches October 686, the message she gave directly to me through Maria. May your life be prayer. And so, Our Lady has set out on us things that we've seen in the beginning that now is manifesting even throughout these 33 years of apparitions, a continual of that. So they will pray with their works and not just words because they love my son and comprehend the way of truth which leads to eternal life. <clears throat> if anything's happening today, we've lost truth. We've lost the truth and the importance of truth, how things work. We have People today everywhere in a spirit of storm. We know what just happened in California. People have talked about it at the university there. Or I think it was a university. I'm not sure. I don't know the details. But there's storms going on in the hearts. They rage in people's soul. It rages in their blood, their blood veins. And so how do, we, how do we extinguish these hurricanes going through people's blood? You know, from everything from being crazy, from just dissatisfied, from being bored, from wanting something they can't have being something they're not. We've lost truth and the waters are so rough that people can't make it. And so what do we do with this? There's only one answer being given to us and that's God. It's not through politics. It's not coming any other way. With the elections all coming up right now, you hear all these people say they're going to wash. It's just amazing. More and more you hear I've got the answer. I'm going to Washington to fix things. All of which, especially in Alabama, are Christians who want to bring things back the way this country is founded on. But their method, their answer is erred. They haven't recognized that we're beyond the point of legislating ourselves out of the situation. It is over. We will not do that. It's going to take a correction from God, just like Nineveh. They had to repent. They had to put on sackcloth. They had to put themselves in a position to see that. But we have people saying, well, the storm will roll by. I'll be okay. I'm going to sit in my rocking chair. I'm not going to change. I can't change. If you can't change, you won't be an apostle of Our Lady because it costs too much. It costs a lot to be an apostle. You have to learn things that you won't want to do. One of the biggest prices to pay today is the cost of forgiveness. Our Lady is very strong about this today. There is no love without prayer. There is no prayer without forgiveness. Because love is prayer. Forgiveness is love. And Our Lady goes on and says, My children, God created you to love, and you love so as to forgive. And isn't that why Jesus was created? When his mission on earth was come to forgive, and to pay the, pay the price of forgiveness, people don't want to do that. They want to cling to what they do. Many are not willing to pay that price to forgive their life. Or rather, so their life is spent constantly in a storm. 
It's a price that you have to pay today. There's a spirit of a storm in my soul A restlessness that I can't seem to tame The thunder and lightning follow everywhere I go There's a spirit of a storm in my soul There's a hurricane that's raging through my blood I can't find a way to calm the sea Maybe I'll find someday the waters are so rough But right now they've got the best of me And oh, it's been a long, long time Since I had real peace of mind I'm just gonna sit right here In this old chair Till this storm rolls by It's gone away The dark clouds gather That old wind begins to blow The sun is gonna shine someday, I hope But there's a spirit of a storm In my soul The sun's going to shine someday, I hope. Our Lady tells us today, I know that you desire consolation and hope from me. But that's not enough. Our Lady will do everything she can for you, and in this hope, she says, for me, because I love you and intercede for you. We looked to her with hope. But it takes participation on your part. You can't just sit there and watch the storms roll by. 
You have to forgive. Everything begins at that point. And you have to give forgiveness to others. Revival can't be without repentance. Repentance leads to forgiveness. We go nowhere. We can't climb the staircase. We can't take the third step until we take this first step. We've already brought up this line that struck me today in the message in which are they said God created you to love and you love so as to forgive. So it seems that Our Lady is telling us that God is placed within the capacity of man to love for the specific purpose to be able to get forgive, which is obviously a, a particular defining characteristic of who God is, his mercy. So wouldn't you say that this has a lot to say to us about the spirit of victimhood that's so prevalent in our culture today, that we are giving the capacity to love so that we can forgive to be God-like, to be like God. Well, if you don't forgive, you're a victim because it's everybody else's fault. And really, you're the perpetrator because if Christ came as the victim and the love he doled out through forgiveness, what excuse have we got? I remember seeing years ago when we still had TV that right before we got rid of it, I was watching a show that the new thing was, that's when all videos and video cameras were starting coming along. It showed a woman on a stage with a backdrop of just regular curtains, and they were filming their wheels. And they showed this one woman, and she got up there and started talking about what she was going to give to her family and was so angry screaming at the camera. And you, so-and-so, I'll give you nothing. I'm going to take the car and give it to so-and-so. Or I'll burn it. The house I'll burn down before you ever get it. It was horrible. I couldn't believe my eyes. And she went on this 10-minute rampage about how much she hated him. And she heard, she hoped they burned in hell. And she went on this whole diatribe of pure hatred, never knowing forgiveness. And they would see that only after she died. And this is scary because Our Lady has told us, Visca said that those who go to hell just continue what they already live on earth. If you don't forgive, you're in prison. And you'll see yourself as a victim of everybody else. Nobody will ever be able to do you right. And because of that, you'll blame everything else and everybody for your own fault. And so Lady wants us to witness with love to others. She wants us to be those hands that will illuminate people that through forgiveness, they can be liberated. I'm reading still this book called Candy Bombers, and there's an incredible place I just ended last night. Interesting enough, just before this message. Germany had gone for centuries locked into the idea of dictators and <clears throat> what they were and and just the harshness of who they were. And so World War One, they came back up in World War Two with Hitler. And after the war, they hated the Americans. They hated the British, the French, and the Soviets. And of course, Berlin was divided into four sectors between those four countries. 
the Soviet gets aggressive. So they do a blockade later. They got a plan to take over Berlin. It evolves to and metamorphoses into where we're going to, we may have a, a war. When Truman was running office, we didn't know if we were going to go to war. They made contingent plans to, to nuke Russia. General Clay, who was over the, the Berlin at that time, said he would call for a nuclear attack and attack Russia if the air, air lift didn't work. But the Berlinians were indifferent to all this. The Americans were not liked. They were despised. And even when we started dropping food over there because they were going to start death, their conditions were horrible. They had no coal. They were freezing. They had clothes that was tattered after wearing for several years. Had no water. Had little electricity on like an hour or two during the middle of the night where they all got up and did everything real quick. They were starving to death. The coal allotment they got was like five pounds for the whole winter. So they were freezing. They were hungry. Some were starving to death. And one of our American soldiers went against the rules and decided he was going to drop a parachute with candy. He dropped five or ten of them to start with. And the kids started waiting on him because they were watching the planes come in. Actually, he had talked to them beforehand when he went into Berlin, and he told them he'd dip his wings when he came by. And he dropped these parachutes. And this evolved into something where he tried to hide it because he knew he'd be sent or court-martialed for it because it was against the rules. And it evolved where they wanted more of it, and thousands of kids started showing up. He started dropping more, and then wind got out, so he stopped it because he's afraid he's going to get in trouble and be kicked out. And then another general finds out about it because it was creating goodwill. And through this explosion of this charity and through the airlifts, and then the Germans come and make it a new runway because planes were coming in every 90 seconds and taking off every 90 seconds. The German people began to have a new mentality. And Russia said they'd feed them, they'd open the blockade and give them everything. But they were willing to starve to death for the first time against the Soviets and giving their way of life over to them than to eat. And slowly walked to respect the Americans. They started writing letters to this uh, soldier or this Air Force pilot. And it opened up a whole thing of love between the Americans' first respect because the Americans and the Pentagons and the soldiers there despised the Germans. They wanted to be harsh with them. They had done two world wars. They wanted to make sure they were going to be punished for that. So that while they were feeding them, they didn't want to, they didn't want to fraternalize with them. They stayed at a distance. They didn't want to be close to them. They were kind of harsh. Same time we did that. But then some of the soldiers would see the Germans in the garbage cans who were starving going to the garbage and they had extra helpings on the plate and dump it in the garbage so they'd be able to do that because they knew it was against the rules. And slowly this evolved to <clears throat> giving charity to the Germans. They became more familiar with Americans. They began to have a fraternal uh, respect for each other. And through these children, little children, an incredible event happened that forgiveness entered into these people and entered into the Americans. And all this came through forgiveness that we avoided a third world war. It was, it was ready set. They knew there was no way to end this. It wasn't going to happen. And the only way it happened was through this love that the Americans began to, to do this, and everybody across America started sending parachutes and candy and everything to Germany 
for these soldiers to drop this. And it's a remarkable thing of, of teaching of forgiveness of how powerful it is that it even can stop wars. To read the contingent plans of the Pentagon, the harshness they wanted to keep bearing down on the Germans to punish them, and how they got transformed, how the Germans got transformed, and World War III was averted. Like 70% of Americans knew we were going to war. And so they were meeting about how the nukes would be dropped. And so Our Lady's not joking here about forgiveness. Everything comes from that. It's a remarkable thing that Our Lady's showing this because this is a deviation from her message that she gets a little technical here. I know that you desire consolation and hope for me because I love you and intercede for you. I ask of you to unite with me, with my son, to be my apostles. For you to be able to do so, I'm calling you anew to love. The compassion of these few soldiers, the one soldier who started all this, seeing these children, opened the door to stop one man. They even called him back to the States to do press conference. He became famous. And they called him, call him Uncle, I forgot his first name, Uncle something, whatever his name, Uncle, whatever. They wrote tons of letters to him. And they said, there is no love, this is the technical part, there is no love with that prayer. There is no prayer with that forgiveness. Because love is prayer, forgiveness is love. My children, God created you to love, and you love so as to forgive. Our Lady's coming, not for Berlin today, but for the whole world. We're on the brink of disaster. Something has to change. There's, there's a road between us that we all have to develop. A new way of, ta- a new way of thinking. Love our lady's calling for us is first love against self. Because love is selfless. Where there's little or no love, there's selfishness. This is what's wrong with our society. We're a self-centered world. And selfishness won't know how to love. Because it, selfishness, therefore, it can't understand forgiveness. A selfish spirit thinks forgiveness takes something away from oneself. It, the self, cannot recognize that by breaking, except by breaking you down. You have to humble yourself to forgive. Nobody in Germany wanted to do that. The Americans did not want to do that. The Germans didn't want to know, they didn't want to be friends with their occupiers. They hated them. Until they all started looking at self, until the Germans went through harshness and suffering and difficulties, they opened their heart up to, is tribulation coming? What's the purpose of tribulation from God? To break us down. And when you break yourself down, you humble, you forgive, and you offer forgiveness, you become what the word is in the middle. For you, you give to yourself. Forgiveness. So it doesn't take something from you. When you break it down, it gives you to yourself peace. Peace gives love. Love strengthens one to forgive the one who needs to be forgiven the most. And that person is yourself. Give peace to yourself by forgiving yourself. And then you can love yourself and everyone who has wronged you. You're freed. You won't be like this old man in the chair watching the storms come by. You don't think he can ever change. You'll be illuminated by the Holy Spirit, as the said today. And she will make you apostles in these latter days that's coming. I don't have any answers. I'm not sure. 
decision keeps you blinded. Tunnel vision, hold the road Love is paid with good intentions. I'm still getting to the good part, the breaking down, learning how to write my story. jumping around a little bit in the message here there's, there's a lot of things our lady saying here some of them appear to be disconnected at, at the whole message connects together here but are uh, just jumping to the very beginning of the message uh where our lady's of course beginning off by saying dear children i call you all and accept you as my children then she adds the sentence i am praying that you may accept me and love me as a mother now there's something, obviously, there's a lot more to this. these first two sentences. Uh, for Our Lady to say that she's praying that we accept her and love her as a mother, she's speaking, if I'm reading that sentence correctly, she's speaking about what she addressed in the previous sentence about the dear children accept her and love her as a mother. But she's also not saying, I'm, I'm calling you. She says, I'm praying that you're going to do this. And so there's there's an even, you know, when you say, well, I'm praying for that to happen, it's it's something you're hoping for, it's something that your heart is set on, and yet here it is, Our Lady is saying, you dear children, I'm praying that you accept me and love me as a mother. Is this, 
is this some a widespread problem across the world or across the Medjugorje world or the church or whatever that there's people who don't accept her as a mother who are her children? I, I put together a whole writing today just really about these two sentences because basically we really have a situation where we have people that say they accept Our Lady, but they don't. There's a limitation how far they'll go or, well, yeah, so we can give too much devotion too much devotion to Mary. And the poor man guy we were just talking about earlier about a scene in there where Jesus, before he sins, talks about Mary, that she was the first, uh, at the Last Supper, he went and brought her the Eucharist. And then he created the Eucharist just for her. And because of her, we have the Eucharist, because he wanted to live in her. And nobody's ever received the Eucharist the way she received it. He was able to put in her the fullness of that bread and wine and his true divinity in a way that he was never able to live anybody else, no more than they could experience what she did, he in her womb. It's just logic if you reason it out. As we always talk about Isaiah, come reason with me. Why would Our Lady not have Jesus in fullness? And from that moment on the ascension, she wasn't alone on the earth. Her contemplations, her quiet times, her moments, Jesus dwelt in her in a way from that one Eucharistic celebration in her that he never left her. And she had consolation. And so when she tells us today, I know that you desire consolation and hope for me because she has Jesus in her. She's saturated with who he is. People would scoff. You're paying too much attention to Mary. You think it's possible that now that she's in heaven and who she is and the dogmas for you Catholics who say we pay too much attention to her that she assumed in heaven bodily? That's dogma. You have to believe that. It's not an option worthy of belief. Or the second dogma, which <clears throat> they cannot get conception, born without sin, that why would God not be in his fullness in this transfigured person? And so for those who even put limitations on our ladies coming in their importance and what they mean, none of us, not the visionaries even, not the priests in Medjugorje. None of us comprehend the greatness of the gift Our Lady's presence comes to us. As she said today, I have descended among you. We do not know what that means, nor what she said after that. I bless you. How powerful and profound this blessing is. She's come to reconcile the world back to her son. And she said today, I ask you to unite with me in my son. She's in her son. If she's asking you to do the same, you think she doesn't have that? We just had her words in her incredible statement in an immeasurable purity. In other words, it can't be measured. There's no ability on earth to measure it. She in her life lived the fullness of being filled with God as a vessel. And for eternity, that flow of gifts to us, even in heaven, will never be emptied. An incredible thing when you start contemplating these things. And so we, we don't see things in the proper, proper way. And we have her telling us, as you were just asking the question, I call all you all and accept all of you as my children. But the question is there, is not all accept her. 
But she wants you to love her mother, and she says something. I know that you desire consolation and hope. What are consolations? This is a real event of her apparitions, a supernatural communications of signs that Our Lady is willing to give you. It's real. If you really connect with Our Lady, you'll see things and signs that happen that you know is from her. <clears throat> it may be small and somebody told the story, but for what you experience, is extraordinary. There is a supernatural connection that you'll feel and see or understand or experience miracles with her. These things are happening across the whole world. For those who put their hope in her, those who unite with her son, which enables her to do those things. You know, Maria's got a word for those things that happen when we see the trace of her lady, our fingerprint, or she does something for her. I've told the story before. Maria once left here, and she had some things she wanted that we'd gotten for her. <clears throat> she got sick. She was in the bed. Five days after she got home, and she just tells Mary in the apparition, she was laying in bed. I really would like to have my suitcase. The apparition ends. There's a knock on the door. One of the family members goes to the door, and it's from the airport. It's a suitcase. You know what Mary calls these things? Candies. Our lady gives us candies. I've experienced many, many times in 27 years of this. You can experience that too. And we see them. Our lady gives us candies here in the community all the time. Beautiful little things that we know. It's from her. We decided, which we haven't done for a long time, instead of 5 a.m. prayer last night, or this morning, 5 to 6 a.m., that we would go out and be in the field during the moment of apparition. So we went out at 1 o'clock. Those who go to the field, that time is there. And at 2 o'clock, a wind blows through. It was still. It was quiet. And I thought, how sweet. Oh, he's appearing in Mezzagoria, and here's a candy. She gave us that. So our lady says, I know that you desire consolations and hope from me. That's a real thing, these consolations. If she says that today, what do you think she means? What is consolation? What will you experience in a consolation? Our lady wants you to be on the bright side. She wants you to see these things. Most people don't experience them because they don't even stop long enough to be in prayer to see it. Our Lady said on August 2nd, 2013, with how much love I desire to change you and to make you happy. She wants you to be happy. Even when you're sad, even when your spirit don't, does not desire it or want it because you're down. And Our Lady said today, I know that you desire the consolations and hope for me because I love you and I intercede for you. We saw that in the middle of the night tonight or this morning. Our Lady, in our life, looks at our life and how we live it. Who is happy, who's not? What makes one who is and one who's not? Our mentality. Have you ever contemplated metanoia, what that means? Metanoia is a change of mentality, meaning a process of, process of converting your wrong mentalities to a right mentality. A right mentality is the bright side of everything. This is what Allah wants us to see. If we're looking this way at people and everything and seeing the best of them, seeing these Germans who are our enemies that they're bombing just three years before, killing them, then now they're giving food to them by the same planes to keep them alive. A transformation, miraculous transformation takes place. This book, you've got to read this book. It's a story for our times. Some of the best saint, holy, good books 
or just secular books because it's real life, real forgiveness, real history that we're not fed in schools, we're not told about. You have to find these little secret candies that even in that teaches you profound lessons just as much as St. Book would, even more because it's pertinent to our times and shows the impossible. So a right mentality is a process of being changed in the way we think, converting your wrong mentality to the right mentality. Right mentality is the bright side of everything that it means you're converting to change of a mentality. And to do this is a conversion of one's life. So metanoia means conversion. This can't happen. It won't happen. If you first don't love yourself. You can't love yourself if you don't forgive. Our Lady said November 2nd, 2013, when you love Him, the Father in Heaven, you will love yourself and you will love your neighbor.
your writing that's about to be released, I don't think I'm giving anything away to just to say that you wrote in there that you believed to be a future apostle of Our Lady, that you have the ability to perform miracles of some sort. And I was curious, where do you see that in the message today? And maybe you can speak a little bit about that you have had this belief for years. Our Lady said, For every prayer that comes out of love, unite you with my Son and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit illuminates you and makes you my apostles. Apostles who will do everything they do in the name of the Lord. The first apostles... Everything they did, they did it in the name of the Lord. When Peter passed the, the cripple on the way to the temple or to the pool, I, bet that's, I can't remember exactly the circumstances, he said, get up and walk. First he asked him, do you believe in the Lord? Do you have the faith? And he did that. And we see in the early churches and everything around Jerusalem, all the miracles they worked. I find it an impossibility for a lady to come to invest in this time. They were going to wait 300 years to rebuild the church like those first little band of Christians did. The rapidity of deterioration in the world doesn't lend itself to going three more hundred years like this without self-destructing. Something radical will have to happen, not like on Pentecost where 3,000 people were converted, but every day, 300,000 people converted. We're at the end of the line at the end of the rope. I was shocked reading candy bombers how extensive they were going to go into nuclear war. And they had come to the conclusion Truman did not want to do it. He finally conceded, yes, I will do it. And they thought they were going to have to do it. And of course, we know Our Lady probably had a hand in that, and God certainly did to stop that. But the circumstances now is where we are, when we don't have people thinking the right way. Understanding truth can easily fall out of control and turn into savages the whole world. And so something's going to happen. This is going to stop people dead in their tracks. And so to merit that apostleship, we have to be purified. We have to suffer. We have to go through things. We have to learn to forgive. And so many people haven't reached that level, though they've walked with Our Lady for two decades, even more. Our Lady gave a message. It's pretty incredible. January 25th, 1996. She said, I invite you to decide for peace. Pray that God gives you the true peace. Live peace in your hearts, and you will understand, dear children, that peace is a gift from God. Now listen to this part. Dear children, without love, you cannot live peace. The fruit of peace is love, and the fruit of love is forgiveness. Before all, before all else, forgive in your family, then you'll be able to forgive the others. We have a family. We have a home situation that is at war. We're in a difficult time. There's no homes that's built for the purpose of living there. They're houses. What is our lady showing to us? What about a home that's built with love? You can call that home. What the walls have heard is like the witness stones of the Old Testament. They set markers up anytime great events happen. Because those stones gathered around that ground that witness that heard symbolically the event or the God's voice or what miracle they saw. So where is a home today except there are houses to invest in? It's the home versus the house today. Once you live love, you forgive. The latter is in, in the house. How's them? you got to come home to be cleaned up. If a home is built on love, 
It's a nurturing place. We don't have these things anymore. People aren't building homesteads. People are building communities. They're starting to think this way now. We built our home that you've come, many of you have come, to the bedroom out of love for God. We thought heritage. We want to leave legacy. We want to create miracles. We wanted to create family. We just happened to hit on a note before Medjugorje started or even understood or heard the messages because we were being illuminated back then by the Holy Spirit that what was coming before happened. We count our blessings that we were seeing these things, my wife and I. And it's beautiful. So when our lady says January 25th, 1996, that without love you cannot live peace. The fruit of peace is love. The fruit of love is forgiveness. And then she tells us today, I'm calling you anew to love. There is no love without prayer. There is no prayer without forgiveness because love is prayer. Forgiveness is love. And if you don't learn forgiveness in the home, you're not seeing it between the husband and wife, exchanging that to the children, the children exchange it to others, there's no love. And I just come to clean us. She's come to wash us, just like a spring rain, because we're in great need of these things. Round about dinner time every summer night I'd wander out a little too far Chasing one last firefly Mom would come calling from the porch swing Child, come on in and get clean Summer left and 16 came I couldn't wait till that bell rang I go running like my hair's on fire We lose ourselves for a while Till the phone rang Child, come on home and get clean Just a little soap and water in the kitchen sink Mama's arms when I scrape my knee Dancing by the fire while Daddy sings The first rain in the spring Oh, oh, oh
paradox in the home today, a place where children should get clean, should be raised in an environment of purity and cleanliness. Instead, they're soiled in the war zones, the materialism, the different directions and different interests, no unity as a family, no dancing by the fire while daddy sings in the first rain in spring. Our Lady descended to our house many times. I think we're over 160 apparitions in the bedroom. And it's really remarkable that when Our Lady appears to the visionaries and Maria's in the bedroom, she sees three flashes of light, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And instantly Our Lady's there. We don't know how long she's been there. Sometimes we can feel our presence through the whole rosary. She's watching her children. She just makes herself known at that moment. But always, in her dissension, her descending down into the filth of the earth and and coming to clean up the place, to give the example, she always shows herself ascending, just like the Assumption, just like John watched her when she almost got to heaven, according to the mystics. And so we have these things taking place to us. And it's all for us to go through our whole life. To build a heritage in your home and your family. That through this heritage, you'll have rich memories. And when the time has come to go back home, like in this song, Hurry Back, Your Mama's Tired, Our Lady says, I know you're tired, but I'm not. She is not going to stop. She's here with work clothes, gray, gray gown, a servant's clothes. So Ali says, I have descended among you. In other words, I'm your blessing. Jesus is in me. He's a Savior, and I'm coming and bringing you the Savior. I will save you because he's listening to me. Why don't you? Sad though it is, and you're reading and writing tomorrow, how many don't? And how many actually reject her and don't accept Our Lady? And so we have this whole cleansing, this first ring in the spring. This reminds me of Saturday. My son was telling me about the horses were on the other side of the pasture, and he watched out over the mountain. He saw this big, dark shadow coming back behind the cross on the mountain. And as it rose up, he realized it was a storm coming. And he was a distance from the truck. And this thing hit with flurry. He barely made it back to the truck. It only rained for a minute. The horses were frightened. They started running all the way across the pasture, which is a good ways from the very back. And then just as quick as it, it rained, it didn't last but two minutes, but just, just dumped buckets of rain. 
Horses going all over, frightened the way it came about. The sunshine came out. And he washed these horses clean by the rain. Start playing, became so happy. They ran around, they trotted, they ran up and, and rolled in the arena for 30 minutes, getting dirt all over them, just having fun, just like kids. So after the storm is sunshine, and after your life, you should be leaving the same thing. But will you have it? Our Lady has told us, or rather, we've seen and experienced that we have loved ones that we lose. Just like time has come and get back home, mom's tired. And you want when that comes a heritage and a life where you really remember things because are you going to be immortal? Yes. You'll either be immortally lost or immortally in heaven. We're not going to end. Thing doesn't, nothing stops in our conscience at the moment of our death except where we go to. So what is it like to lose a loved one who you cared for through the sickness, and you long to see that person in heaven, what would that joy be like? What kind of consolation? Our Lady wants the consolation of seeing you in heaven. But on the other hand, what happens when a soul is lost forever? What of a soul who was light, who Our Lady loved, she accepted that they didn't accept her, who she wiped their tears away, she fought all the fears away, she held their hands. In the point of man, God, Jesus said that he allows Our Lady the liberty to do what she does to save sinners, her children, because he cannot bear for her to suffer the heartache he will experience forever losing Judas. One apostle. They can't bear that to be put on his mother. So he allows her to come to do what she does. And I can't even help but think, even though she's in heaven, how she doesn't tire of this. Even though she says, I work tirelessly for you. And she's being here for us. What do we owe her?
chased away All the sanity in me These wounds won't seem to heal This pain is just too real There's just too much that time cannot erase When you cried, I wipe away all your tears When you scream, I find away all your fears I held your hand through all these years And you still a few years from now. When you're no longer with us, our wounds just won't seem to heal. The pain we'll suffer from will be too real. And not even time can erase that. We live in a time that we wipe our tears. You fight away all of our fears. In these years, you have given us all of you. Still yet, we should be captivated by you. It will be hard for us to see that you're gone. What will it be like? What will we be able to cope? What will it be like the ascension? Help us to be holy. Help us to be apostles. Teach us first to forgive that we might be healed ourselves. And for those whose pain clings to the unforgiveness, we ask that you give us the power of witness, the power of apostleship to convict and convert these poor souls. We be your extended hands to wipe away tears. When those who be so frightened 
of their own fears. They won't know which way to turn, except to those you taught, those you've inducted, those you've begged and pleaded and guided to be apostles. We give you ourselves to you, unreservedly in consecration tonight, with this message written on our heart, that all eternity might be ours with you, with you. We wish you our lady. We love you. Good night.